Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Anybody here never had total lack of hope in an area? This morning? No, do you know what I mean? Like, like you can't even fake it, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like, you're just like, you kind of like, when people ask you to have hope, you just kind of look away. You're like, just don't make eye contact. It's too painful even. Like, you're not only, you don't even not have hope. You are dead to hope. Like, you just can't even, like, go there. Those are the places God wants to speak into today. And so if you'd be brave enough to let God identify those for you, just kind of set it to the side. I believe God's going to speak into our lives in a powerful way. As I mentioned, I've been loving going through the Gospels and looking at how God, Jesus, God with skin on, the very image of the Father, interacts with people. Because as he interacted with them, he is going to interact with us. God is not Star Wars the Force. He's not, you know? He is a, he is real. He made us in his image. And yes, we are broken and limited versions of that, but he is a person who wants a personal relationship with you. And it's going to look like the way Jesus walked on this earth. Okay? Just going to get that clear. He's not. Okay? Just clearing that up. But, so I love, I, I just feel like I watch, when I read the Gospels, I'm just like, I want to see it in three dimensions. I want to see the real Jesus meeting real people. But anybody, you read the Gospels and they come off like a flannel graph? They come off as like a cartoon? Like, there's not enough. So my belief today is God. Listen, if you want to see what happened, just ask Jesus. He was there. He can help you to get inside the story, to see it in three dimensions. But I believe he's going to do that for us today, okay? Two of my faves in the Gospels are Mary and Martha. I love them because they break the script. So many of the men are on good behavior. The ladies don't feel the need, and I love that. They cut through some of the noise. So let's dig in. You guys got Bibles? Go to John chapter 10. That's the first place we meet Mary and Martha. If I can find John chapter 10, you would have thought I put my bookmark there. There we go. Oh, seven. Sorry. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. There we go. Why am I losing my spot? It's a different version. Can we go to the first slide, please? So I actually know where to go. There we go, 730. Okay, I don't know what I was doing. I'm in Luke. What is wrong with me today? I have a lot of issues. Uh, apparently one of them is actually figuring out. I was like, man, what Bible am I reading? All right. So they, uh, uh, verse... I'm just going to read that. How about we just make it up as we go along? I don't know. Listen, I was doing a lot of weird things with my slides this morning because 
Jesus took my message for this week and moved it to next week. He's like, oh, no, we're doing this. I was like, oh, okay. Anyway, so we'll all learn together. As Jesus and his disciples were on the way, they came to a village where a woman named Martha, we later find out this village is Bethany. Bethany is a village just outside of Jerusalem. It's kind of a, it's the nice place to live. It's a great, it's a, you know, they're a relatively wealthy family where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Now, two things you should know about this. Where are the men? You guys remember back then, a woman wasn't allowed to do Jack Diddley without a man. Where did the men go? That's another sign that these women are relatively independent wealthy. We don't know. Maybe their father, probably their father passed away, and they are operating somehow independently. And so he said he had a sister called Mary who sat at the feet of Jesus listening to what he said. Now, if you guys remember what I said last week, in that time, it was considered immoral to teach a, a woman. To teach a woman, period, let alone teach her the Torah, teach God's teaching to a woman. One of, you know, one of the rabbis said, I'd rather burn the Torah than teach it to a woman. Anybody see a slight disconnect? Where, where does Mary get off sitting at the feet of Jesus? But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him as, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. I have to wonder if Martha was also worried about the, uh, the optics of her sister not knowing her place. We're supposed to listen to the rabbi from the other room, sister. We're not supposed to. That's not your place. How dare you? What does Jesus say to her? I don't know. He says something good, though. Next slide. I die. What is wrong with me today? What does Jesus say? Anybody know? He said, don't worry. She has chosen the better part. Right? Jesus looks at her and he says, listen, it's okay. So here's Mary. Mary, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb. We'll find out a little bit more. I get the sense that Mary, like if you ever watch any of those period shows, I am married, those period shows where there's like the, the girl who's rich enough to actually not care about social mores. She's just always just messing things up. Mary seems like that girl. Like she just doesn't, she's like, you know what, I'll do my own thing. And Jesus is like, I see you, girl. This is awesome. All right. So let's move on to where I actually know we are in John chapter 11. I don't know where I got off confused this morning. John chapter 11, we visit this family again. Verse 1, now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and his sister Martha. Uh, this Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. Now, this is a technique that, so the interesting thing is this hasn't happened yet in John's gospel. It will happen in another chapter, the next chapter. Why is he doing this? Because a lot of times people knew, this was when the gospels were written, people actually knew the people. 
So he's like, hey, you remember that Mary? This is that Mary. You know the Mary? Yeah, you heard about that story about how she anointed his feet? Yeah, that Mary. So you'll hear about her in a second, but I just want to be clear, that Mary. All right. Who poured out perfume on the Lord and wiped his hair, feet with her hair. So the sisters went, sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. That, that's some nice uh, manipulation. Do you, you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, Anybody feel like you have to convince God to care? No? No? Nobody? Okay, good. I, I mean, I'll talk to somebody else. Okay. No, I mean, they're like, they're like, the one you love, you remember? The one you were like, we're, we're like, buddy, this is good. He said, so the sister sent word. And then, verse 4, when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness is not, will not end in death. Will not end in death. So it is for God's glory. And so the Son of Man, God's Son, may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Oh, don't you want to be loved by Jesus? I wonder what Jesus would do if he loves you. Well, let's find out. Jesus loved them. So, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. Wait, because you love me, you stay for two more days? Anybody tracking a little too much at this point? If you love me, Jesus, you will do exactly according to my demands. No, I mean, did anybody hear you give God a list of demands? I'm sorry, prayer requests. Explicit, with points and directions. In what order should you do them? Because he loved them, he stayed two more days. If God loved me, I will not ever have trouble. No, in this life you will have trouble. If God loves me, people always like me. If God loves me, I, oh, never mind. <laughs> I'll have a lot of money, right? No, that's not how it works. As Paul said, I've learned to be content in all things. Anyway, so he, and then he said to his disciple, hey, let's go back to Judea. So he is, this means he's up in Galilee. He hears that, they, that, that, he, that Lazarus is sick. He's asked to come, and instead of going straight to Bethany, he goes to the neighborhood. Judea's the neighborhood. He goes nearby. Like, God, I need you here. Not there, here. But Rabbi, they said a short while ago, the Jews were there, tried to stone you, and yet you're going back? Jesus answered, oh, are there not 12 hours of daylight Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see in the world's at the they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. And the disciples went. I just need a word from the Lord. <laughs> yeah, there's twelve hours in the day. Not twenty-four. What, what, I don't understand. This is one of the moments when the disciples didn't ask you questions. How do you get answers? You ask questions. He's basically saying, I got time. I need to, I need to be about the Lord's business. Anyway, verse 11. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, 
but I'm going there to wake him up. It's like children's story hour. I'm going to wake him up. And the disciples replied, oh, Lord, if he sleeps, it means he'll get better, right? Like he was really like struggling with a fever, but he's gone to sleep, so he's going to sleep it off. This is good. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but the disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Oh, my bad. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there. Lord, if I follow you, I won't face any problems. You won't lead me into any storms. You won't take me to difficult places. You won't, as a good shepherd, lead me through the valley of the shadow of death. Will you? If our goal is to avoid pain, if our number one goal is to avoid trouble, who are my avoiders? I'm avoiding raising my hand. Right, right? Like, my number one goal is to avoid trouble and problem and conflict at all costs. Number one goal. How's that working out for you? <laughs> all the avoiders are like, right? Anybody found that it just keeps growing and growing until it goes nuclear and destroys your face? Yeah, that. All right. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, the twin, said to the rest of the disciples, let's all go that we may die with him. Jesus just talks about raising the dead and he's trying to go die. Jesus is like, sometimes, do you know you don't have to have everything figured out to follow Jesus? Isn't that good news? They didn't have any figured out. They had their theology wrong. They had they were confused about what Jesus was doing, but they went with him. If you stay close to Jesus, he'll sort you out. Is that good news? If you stay vulnerable, you stay with him. I don't know, but the best, safest place to be with him. I don't know why he's going there. Right? They've got it all wrong, but that's all right. On his arrival, uh, okay. So, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Anybody been to Jerusalem? Tends to be a little bit warm. Four day, no embalming, moving on. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, so it's really dangerous. And many Jews had come to Mar Mary and Martha, Martha and Mary, to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Uh, Martha gets a bad rap, doesn't she? But Mary, why is Mary staying home when Jesus is out there waiting for her? Not you. You would never do this. But if you were Mary, why do you think Mary's refusing to come out to Jesus? Yeah? You called it a long time ago, didn't come? Upset? Pouting? Pride? Gave up hope. My bad. I was pouting. Gave up hope. Come on. Anybody here would be, anybody here you did a timeout with God because he didn't do what you wanted, when you wanted? Wait twice. Right? You know what I'm talking about. You're like, Lord, we're just going to take a break. Huh? For something big, right? I demanded, you expected. 
Remember the disciples, they didn't understand, but they stayed with Jesus. Who gets the answer? The one that stayed with Jesus. So Martha, Martha's coming with a beautiful attitude. Listen. Martha heard that Jesus, so Martha came out and Mary stayed at home. Verse 21, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus was deeply offended. Love that Jesus is in us. Jesus is so good. Jesus is not offended. He can handle it. I know some people who want to be polite with Jesus. Jesus can handle it. He's a big boy. He's created the universe. He's safe. You can give him your peace of mind. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. What in the world is she talking about? Desperation makes you say silly things that you don't even understand. Jesus said to her, I, oh, he said, your brother will rise again. You asked, your brother will rise again. The evidence she didn't understand what she was talking about. Lord, Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection of the dead. But watch, Jesus doesn't disengage from her, does he? He stays connected. He's still pursuing. Listen, Jesus can continue. If we'll stay in the conversation, he can speak. It's when we refuse the conversation, when we're done, when we step away, that's when the problems begin. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though he dies and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? I, I, I really, this is one of those, I really want to know her tone. I don't know what her tone was. I can read this about three different ways. Anybody know what I'm talking about? There is, yes, Lord, she replied. I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God who's come into the world. If your brother had just died, how might you have read that? Yes, Lord, I know you're the Messiah, really happy about your global plans, but my brother died. Right? After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, and he's asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. If we will only come to him when our questions are answered, we won't get our questions answered. If we'll only have dialogue with him on our terms, we'll never get our questions answered. And notice he said, this does not end in death, but anybody found it's already in death? Anybody had a conversation with Jesus who was kind of along those lines? You're like, you don't understand my situation, Lord. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went in. Now, Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. Why do you think Jesus waits outside the village? Why doesn't he go to their house? He has such compassion for them. What do you think? And you don't want to get involved? You need mob? He wanted interaction. He wanted them coming to him. The crazy thing is the God of the universe descended from heaven and became a man, 
walked all of his life, and he goes all the way right up to the edge of the village and waits. See, God will often wait just outside of reach to leave us the choice, the ability to choose to come out to him. But we will sit in our pouting, or lack of hope, whichever word, and we will say, if you know where I live, come to me. And he will stand right outside the village. I am so offended at you and at them and this and the other thing. God will stand right outside the village going, will you come to me? I will only come to you when you answer my question. I will only come to you if you'll answer my question. I will only come to you if you'll do X, Y, Z. I'm outside the village. If we want a God who's better than we know, we have to allow him to confound our understanding. If we want a God who's better than we have known, we must allow him to confound our understanding. In other words, reveal, do things that totally don't make sense to us. And offended. I, I'm, I'm like, they're already offended to 11, and then he won't even do house calls. Like, he adds offense to offense. Who does that? Apparently, <laughs> Apparently Jesus. <laughs> Have you never heard of good Southern hospitality? When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her, comforting her, do you know why the Holy Spirit's called our comforter? Because we need comforting. Many times we comfort one another and we keep them from needing Jesus. Sometimes we lessen people's pain when the pain is what's going to really cause them to lean into him. They followed her. Oh, this is going to make for an intimate moment. Right? Mary's like, ah, and they're like, that's right, girl, you cry, you give it to him. That's right. right. Now, Jesus had not, all right. They followed him, supposing of her, supposing she was going to go to the tomb to mourn. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was, and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had not, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Part two. When Jesus saw her weeping, he had a deep intellectual conversation with her. See, God knows you individually. He knows the cry of your heart. Martha was all up in some sort of intellectual offense. Not Mary. Mary's, anybody done that? Just pounded the ceiling, pounded the walls. Look at him. When Jesus saw her weeping, the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Do you realize you have the ability to trouble the God of the You have the ability to hurt the heart of the Father. The Father's heart hurts for you. The God who created the universe hurts 
in your pain. He is not some distant Buddha who sits upon in silence. He has made himself vulnerable and your pain hurts him. The lie when we are in our fence is, this doesn't matter to you, does it? You just want to see me suffer. You don't care. True? That is not the God we see. This God, your pain hurts him. In fact, he is so much more whole and healthy and amazing that in our pain hurts him more than it even hurts us. Because he makes himself vulnerable to our pain. This is our God. There is no suffering you went through. Even the things you thought you deserved that he did not weep with you. And that's what he says. He said, where have you laid him? He said, come and see, they replied. And Jesus wept. 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 This is your God. He weeps for you. He knows the end, right? He knows what's coming, right? He doesn't go, it's all right, it'll be better in a moment there, there, little child. Does he? He's not weeping because it's a tragedy. He's weeping for their pain. He's not, He listen, he may lead you into trouble, but he's not going, it's all right there. He's not some Olympic trainer going, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's not our God. He's not this God who revels in our pain. He's not a God who's like, come on, get it together, boy. Quit crying like a sissy. He's not that boy. He's not that God. He weeps. He doesn't want, but if, but it's the same heart that Jesus had when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. If there is another way, Lord, if there's another way for them to know your goodness, if there's another way for them to know your love, if there's another way for them to know that the life they've lived is utterly just nothing compared to the life you have for them, let it be, but not my will, but yours be done. Jesus wept. Then the Jews, I, I don't know, I just love this peanut gallery. The Jews who were there with him said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he have opened the eyes of the blind? He would open the eyes of the blind man, have all kept this man from dying. Now, what are we seeing here? They have seen Jesus heal everything left, right, and center. He's healed the blind man, everything, right? What have they not seen? They haven't seen him raise the dead. God will always lead us where we do not have faith to go. Where we have not known him to be that good. Where we have not seen him to be that incredible. He will lead us. Anybody had God put on your heart to pursue reconciliation with someone? And it sounded like suicide to you? That moment when you say, I've never seen this in my life, but I'm daring to believe, God, that you are good enough to keep me alive in this. I, whatever it is, he will lead us beyond our experience. Verse 38, Jesus once more deeply moved. One, man, it doesn't, he's not, it's over and over again. He is in pain for them, even knowing the result. Does that make sense? This is, you've got to see this is our God. He is not, he is not impassive. He's not, 
He is God. And he is in love with you and he hurts with you. Jesus once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with stone laid across the entrance, just an evidence of how wealthy they were. Take away the stone, he said. But Martha, full of faith, said, let me do it. Lord, you could be here. You could you he wouldn't be dead. I will raise him. I believe you're the Messiah. Okay, let's do the raising. It's not about the amount of faith you have. It's that you keep walking with Jesus. It's not about the amount of feeling you have or trust. It's that you keep walking with Jesus. Thomas, well, let's go die with him. He's like, that works. We'll take that. Martha, Martha's like, ah, we can't. I believe you, but let's not do that. Let's not raise him. I don't know. How are you going to raise him if you don't open the tomb? I don't know. The Lord the sister of the dead man said, by this time there is a bad odor. I like how the King James says, but Lord, he's stinking. For <laughs> he has been there four days and then it ain't hurting. Right? I, I'm afraid of what we'll find if we go into that dark place. Anybody had a part of your heart? God says, I want to talk to you about what happened when you were six years old. You're like, oh no, we do not go there. I put a, oh no. I, the only way I stay sane is we don't go to what happened to me when I was six, when I was seven. We don't talk about that. We don't talk about the horrible things that happened. Jesus goes, no. See, that's the area I want to resurrect. I want to, that part of you that died that day, I want to bring alive. No, Lord! It's too horrible. I can't go there. I can't dare to believe for my marriage. I can't dare to believe for my relationship with my child or for this friendship. It's too hard. It's too scary. He said, no, he says. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you? If you believe, trust, you will see the glory of God. So they took away the stone. I promise you, and one person who took away the stone did it with full of happy feeling. Right? Not a single one did it with eager expectation of good. Every single one is like, oh, this is going to be bad. But not what I want. Not my will, but yours be done. So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I don't know why, but this always cracks me up. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing over there. Y'all listen! Did I get it? Okay! <laughs> that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! Come forth! Notice Jesus doesn't haul him out. Notice Jesus stands outside and says, come forth. Literally, he gives Lazarus a choice. Hmm? Just outside the village. He says, come. We're like, if it's you, do it all. No. He wants to co-labor with us. He will not violate us for our own good. Come forth, Lazarus. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped in cloths of strips of linen. <laughs> Just, again, I want to watch the video. Like, 
I don't know what is it going to be, but I mean, like, 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 I can't come out. I'm tied up right now, Lord. <laughs> I would love to. Kind of busy. You don't understand how badly my addiction has tied me up. You don't understand how bad the things were done to me that tie me up. You don't understand. If God says come forth, there's grace to come forth. He has made power available to, to be obedient. That I can't, it's too much to admit what I've done. It's too much to confess it. Ah! But not your will, but not my will, but yours be done. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. I don't know. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Have you ever had someone come and tell you a horrible thing they've done? As they shuffle out of the grave of hidden sin. Out of insane obedience. Coming out of that dark place. It is for us to remove the grave clothes off one another. It is for us to remove the shame off one another. That is not who you are. I'm going to tell you who you are, who Jesus says you are. You are not a dead man. You don't rot a four-day stink. You are not that thing you did. This is who you are. I refuse to agree with what you did or what was done with you. That cannot change who God says you are. I, your brother and sister, will remove the grave clothes. That's why John says, if we will confess our sins one to another, we will be Heal, deliver, set free. We've got to be willing to not stumble over the stinky grave clothes. But rather, help them off. Because they were never part of them in the first place. The words of Jesus to the woman trapped in adultery. Where are your accusers? neither do I. We are the voice of Jesus to one another. And therefore many of the Jews who come to visit Mary and seen what Jesus did believed in him, no doubt. But some went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. They all saw resurrection power. Some listened and leaned into trusting Jesus for themselves. Others used it as a means for offense and turn him over to be crucified. Many of us want to see power. We want to see signs and wonders. Let me tell you, the one sign and wonder is a broken and contrite heart. It's a heart that is vulnerable to God. No amount of power can be a substitute for vulnerable love, vulnerable trust. I, I believe, help my unbelief, daring to step out and daring to risk, daring to make yourself vulnerable to God and vulnerable to one another. There's no exception. No amount of power will, he will still stand outside of the village waiting for us to invite him in. Waiting for him to draw us in. Well, many times we want God to snap his fingers and resolve our lives and he's waiting outside the village saying, come to me. Or waiting outside the tomb saying, come forth. 
can't you just come in here and heal me in the dark where nobody can see me and gussy me up and do a little makeup job while we're at it and do my hair a nice blowout so that when I come out of the tomb, I'll look good? Because I only come to church if I look good. I only come out to play with people when I've got it together. I don't want them to see my stuff. Then you will stay in the, in the, in the tomb and you will stay in your grave clothes. Father, I ask right now for courage for us to be people who hear you speaking to the dead places in our lives, the relationships we have placed in the tomb, the situations that we've allowed to put us in the tomb, the places where we, parts of our lives we've cut off and said, I can't go there, it's too dark, it's too dead. And I ask you, Lord, for courage to believe, for faith, for hope, just the ability to meet you outside the village and say, God, what happened? I want to know something different. I want to know something different to come out of the tomb and say, Lord, I can't take these grave clothes off myself. God, help me, help me, help me. Father, we worship you. We could have the worship team come up. Father, I thank you that you are not a God who is distant, but you're a God who weeps. You're a God who bled for us. You experienced all the pain in your body and all the pain in your heart, and you still do for us. You who are all joy, you who are all love, you, you weep for us, calling us out of darkness into your marvelous light. We worship you, Lord. Amen. For more information, go to AriseLife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.